Hey everybody, welcome to the Utter Abundance Podcast. My name is Raphael Freeman and this is a show about entrepreneurship and what it means to take the road less traveled. You know, when you're off the beaten path, there aren't nearly as many signposts and it's not always easy to tell which direction to go. So in these episodes, I'll be reflecting on my own journey as an entrepreneur, as well as talking to other entrepreneurs and hearing about their journeys and the lessons that they've learned along the way. Hopefully, some of the insights that come to the surface will reflect some light on your own journey and maybe even help you in some way to step into your purpose and live a life of utter abundance. Here we go. So welcome back. You know, today I'd, I'd really like to talk about the power and importance of relationships. I think for a majority of people, the benefits of maintaining relationships is, is pretty self-evident. Uh, I'm one of these people, however, who, you know, for whom it was not self-evident. I had to learn. I had to learn the hard way. Uh, the, even the term itself, you know, networking, which is probably overused now. Uh, but it was one of these buzzwords that I didn't really, it was completely opaque to me. I didn't really understand it at all. Um, I never knew what people were talking about when they were talking about quote unquote networking. Um, I, I was out at, uh, I was out uh, at happy hour with, you know, a friend once, my friend Kristen, who she was the, the, the person who came closest to trying to explain to me and, and actually getting somewhere. Um, she tried to explain to me what networking was all about. And the way that she put it was, I mean, she gave me an example of one of the adults, uh, I think it was a teacher, one of the uh, adults that um, that she was friends with in high school and had maintained that relationship uh, through college. When she graduated college, it was, uh, it was this teacher that was actually instrumental in, in helping her to land her first, uh, her first professional job. And that thinking was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Uh, it didn't seem quite like a, a quid pro quo, but it, you know, it was like, are you are you just hoping that the relationship is, is going to pay off someday? Like that didn't make sense to me. It seemed like uh, I don't know, like maybe it seemed like a wasted effort. Then again, you know, I was a person that I didn't understand networking, so maybe there was something hidden that I, I just wasn't getting. Uh, when I joined Toastmasters, though, it slowly started, this idea of networking, it slowly started to make a little bit more sense. Uh, Toastmasters gave me the opportunity to, you know, to meet and to be kind of in contact with people that I didn't really have a, a lot in common with. Um, but I was forced to, not, not forced, but, you know, I still ended up, ended up interacting with them. And some of the people were actually interesting. So I ended up meeting some, some relatively interesting people, interesting enough um, that I would not have had any contact with otherwise. Um, and there's actually a, a word for this. Robert Putnam talks about it in, um, in Bowling Alone, talks about, uh, having weak social ties and, and really the importance of maintaining weak social ties before I mostly had strong ties, which are very important, but weak, weak ties, uh, are important too, for like a different reason. So he gives the example of like Rosa Parks is one of these people who had a lot of weak uh, social ties, even though there were other people before Rosa Parks who uh, had refused to, to give up their seat on a bus, uh, but their ability to have a vast network just it didn't work the same. Uh, at any rate, uh, Putnam makes this argument that having weak social ties is important, and I, I got to see the power of that when I was, uh, when I was still doing Toastmasters. Uh, and I got to see that power because people would invite me to things that, I, you know, in the past I probably would have discounted 
but now I was like slightly connected to these people. And I was like, oh, I can show up for Corey or whomever. And then, just, you know, it ended up having, you know, not like an amazing time, but like an interesting enough time. Um, and, you know, just mingling with people that I wouldn't have, like, you know, mingled with before. I don't mean in my Toastmasters group. I mean, in the event that I was invited to, like, by a fellow Toastmasters person. Uh, and then, you know, some of those people that I, I ended up meeting along the way, they become coaching clients or uh, in, in, in one case, even business partners. And, you know, I wouldn't have been able to imagine where some of these relationships are were, were going to lead where they actually led. But, you know, I guess that's the whole point. You don't really know where something like that is going to take you. Uh, flash forward to today and, you know, now I'm surrounded by people who absolutely inspire me. And some of them are like legit, like honest to goodness friends, like I consider them friends. Uh, some of the people are friends. Some of the people uh, that I've met in like these kind of networking situations are people with whom, you know, I do business, some are clients. Uh, but I'll say today that like I have a I have an awesome network. I have a great network. And it was, you know, it was a network that I was reluctant to big to build at all because it, it seemed fake to me. It seemed phony uh, and it seemed silly. But here's what I see a few people doing that I wouldn't say that they're doing it wrong, uh, but it, it feels like they're, they're working backwards. They're working too hard. Um, so I know a few people have tried to hold on to relationships with people that they don't actually click with. They don't actually like. And they, you know, they reach out every now and again uh, to try to keep the relationship warm. Uh, but the, you know, the, the person on the other end, they, they know w what's happening. Uh, they know that you're not really, you don't really care about them and that you see them as a potential, uh, you know, business lead or business opportunity. Uh, and so it ends up being not good for them and ultimately not good for you. Uh, and there's also an opportunity cost, right? There's an opportunity cost to maintaining too many weak ties. And I think that'll start to dilute that, that sense of, uh, one, it dilutes your social capital. It also dilutes that, that sense of community that, that, you, um, that you feel, right? Um, and, and that you'll be able to, to build. Um, and, you know, the other part of, of the opportunity cost is you won't even have as much time or as much energy to invest in the people that you actually do feel connected to. Um, and so do you even really want to invest, you know, in people that you don't like feel thoroughly connected to or you don't thoroughly be, you know, enjoy being around? And again, you know, I'm not like some I haven't become like this networking expert, uh, certainly not at all. Um, but I, what I do know just by listening is that a lot of people find that networking is a chore, right? You know, they roll their eyes, like, oh, I have to go to this networking event. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. I think if you're doing it right, you can actually be excited about seeing people. You can, um, you can be looking forward to, like, imagine having a network full of people that actually excited you. You know, just imagine having a network full of people that you actually wanted to serve just because. And, you know, and people who wanted to help you just because, you know, that for me, that this has had, um, you know, unseen dividends in my life. And I can say for sure that my motives were genuine, like not some ulterior motives. And, you know, if my if my now self could go back and talk to, you know, myself six years ago, you know, I probably still have this question. Is there ever like a real payoff? Um, and, you know, I think the answer is yes, but I still I don't think of it that way. Uh, what I know about entrepreneurship is sometimes it can be really hard. You know, sometimes they're up, sometimes they're, they're downs. 
but entrepreneurship is, you know, it's hard, right? There's, it's just not as much clarity as there is like working a, a degree job. Uh, and, you know, right now I'm currently in the process of trying to build a new business uh, that's like funnels and websites. Uh, I have a t-shirt business that, you know, it's struggling a little bit. It, it's lacking. Uh, it's not doing what I needed to do. But, uh, you know, and while I love the freedom and flexibility of being my own boss, at this point in my little entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey, I'm definitely getting like dangerously close to having to go back into the workforce. Um, and, you know, it's certainly not what I want to do. It wouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, whatever. Like get a job if you need to get a job. Um, but it would limit the, the, the amount of time that I have to, to dedicate to my businesses. Um, but, you know, in terms of the, the, the networking, for me, the, the beauty of having maintained ties with like, just really dope people uh, is that if I do need to if I do need to bite the bullet and go and get a job, I actually have a coterie of people. Um, you know, I have a group of people that I could work with and still maintain a professional relationship that we already have because we built it in a networking sort of sense. Right. They're not like organic friends that came out of. Uh, you know, I know you in the world. These are people with whom uh, I started off with having a, a professional relationship with. So I would say, you know, if you're one of these people in the world who you don't have a powerful network or, or any network, um, here's where I would start. Here's one of these places where I would say you could start to either energize your network or really just start building one that is is really kind of uh, uh, like powerful uh, and inspiring. I would say start by reading some of the top business books. Uh, personally, I always suggest uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, but it doesn't have to be that, right? Uh, there are a few that are like kind of cult classics and they have cult followings. Uh, Dale Carnegie's book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Stephen Covey's book, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, the Alchemist made a big splash, although I wouldn't necessarily consider that a business book. It's like sort of business adjacent. Uh, and The Richest Man in Babylon. Again, it's sort of like business adjacent. Uh, but the reason that these books are powerful is, is because they have cult followings. Um, and, you know, as you start to get more and more, read more and get suggestions by Amazon, Amazon, you know, they have an algorithm. They'll start like really kind of tuning into what you like and they'll give you suggest suggestions. Uh, but the beauty of that is you'll get a feel, right? Some of these books are going to resonate with you and some of them actually won't. And that's really where the power is. Uh, as you like kind of get a sense of what you like and what you don't like, you'll meet other people in the world who have, you know, they'll have similar likes and similar dislikes, or maybe they'll have some insights that you missed about seven habits of highly effective people. First time I, I tried to read the seven habits, it was, um, you know, it was a dry read, it was a boring read, and it just didn't feel like anything to me. And then, you know, for a while, I, I fell down this law of attraction, um, you know, kind of rabbit hole. And then I reread the the seven um, habits of highly effective people. And then I had a completely new take on it. I was like, oh, this is like the business version of law of attraction. This is actually useful. Um, but at any rate, you know, as, as you start to get a different sense for all these different books, um, the ones that don't resonate with you uh, will make your, your kind of emotional attachment to the ones that do all the, all the better, all the more real. And as you meet people out in the world and they're excited about the same books that you're excited about, you'll feel connected to them. You'll feel like, oh, I actually have something in common with these people. Um, 
And because their, you know, their map of the books that they've read will be slightly different than the, the map of the books that you've read, there'll be some overlap, but they'll have some insights that you haven't gleaned yet. And you'll have some insights that they haven't gleaned yet. Uh, and you'll be able to offer them real value in their lives. And they'll be able to, to, to do the same for you because you both have information, um, uh, you know, about topics that you're interested in that um, can kind of share a little bit more insight and so that becomes like a valuable um becomes a valuable relationship and it's not one where you're you're trying to do something where you're you're politicking like you're you're building future i'm going to do this for this person so in the future they'll feel indebted to me uh it'll just be like actually i want to help you like i and they'll want to help you uh and it'll just feel like service um so you know, that would certainly be one of these places that I would start. I would start by just like, you know, getting the, the kind of business classics out of the way and then using, you know, Amazon or even if you go to a local bookstore, I, I don't want to necessarily I have no affiliation with, with Amazon. Even if you go to a local bookstore, your bookseller will you know be able to take the recommendations. Uh, they'll be able to recommend based on what you already like and, and help you to find books that might like suit your interest. And as you start to to, to kind of hone um, these these the, you know this kind of corpus of books, you'll you know you'll become interesting in a way. Um, here's what I would say: is if you so I no longer read widely. I used to read widely when I first started reading. Um, I start when I say I first started reading. Um, I mean about six seven years ago is when I start reading for myself. Obviously, you know, in undergrad and in grad school, I had to read whatever my professors assigned, uh, but it was never, I mean, sometimes it, it was in, it was interesting enough, but I was never one of these people who I just pick up a book and read it on my own. Like that, that was not going to happen. And that changed about six or seven years ago. And then I, I really started reading and I was fast and I was like, oh, I was learning all this stuff that was actually relevant to like completely relevant to my immediate life. I was like, oh, how, how did I not know? I was on I was on a slow boat, right? Obviously, I missed the importance of reading um, that people have been trying to tell me my whole life. But anyway, that, that's a that's a different thing. I would say if you read uh, instead of reading widely, if you read narrowly, like in a focused kind of way, six books on a given topic, you'll end up knowing more than I'd say probably eighty five percent of the people in the world about that topic. And if you read ten books on on a, on a given topic, like in a, in a narrow area, uh, you'll be a veritable expert, right? You'll know more about the subject and you'll be able to talk about it in all these really nuanced ways, uh, which in some ways will make you interesting. So there's one of the added benefits is if you read 10 books in a narrow, in a narrow field, um, it will actually make you a more interesting person. You'll be able to whip out that knowledge at like at event or even networking events or at parties or just, you know, in conversation where you'll have a depth of knowledge that you'll be able to either dive deep when it's time to dive deep or you can go broad when it's time to go broad and kind of, you know, you'll be able to have interesting conversations about, um, you know, uh, just about a topic and it won't be every topic. You're not going to be an expert in everything, uh, but believe me when I tell you that. Uh, you know, having read widely or having read uh, in a very focused kind of way in a few different areas uh, means that you can keep just about any conversation alive. You know, there are going to be some dead spots, some things that you don't know, and you can just defer. Uh, sometimes it's time to listen. Um, but having that as a skill set is is actually um, 
it, it pays dividends. So that, that would be my suggestion. Um, read, read business books, uh, read books that are adjacent to business books like business psychology or other types of psychology or, you know, confidence or influence and things of that sort. Uh, read widely. And then when you meet those people out in the world, uh, it won't be, again, it won't be a networking chore. You'll actually want to spend time with them. You'll actually want to uh, actually do like work together and it'll be exciting. And then you'll have these other added kind of social payoffs. So that's my take. Uh, I hope that you get something out of it and uh, I'll talk to you folks tomorrow.